Hi, this is Andrew Hiller, and you are listening to The Hiller Cast. Yo, HillerCast, talking about genetic potential, and now this is my third time doing it. So if I'm looking over, it's because there's a video over there of me, and I got some notes here talking about it to keep myself on track, but trying to do the video along with the podcast. The topic came up because I was talking to somebody about a current event, and it kind of got me thinking, and I had a conversation with somebody else about your genetic potential and kind of what it is that you've got, what you got going for you, how you can get better, and whether or not all of it's worth it. So here's what we got. Do you like doing what you're doing? That's the most important. And if you do, you do it. And if you don't, you don't. And if you like it, cool. If you don't like it and you're still doing it, I don't know what what you're doing that for. So this isn't the case with that individual. The case with that individual is that they do like doing it, which I love. I love when people like doing it and they just want help getting better. And then what I like to do is try to get you as close as you can get to the best that you're going to be. So with that, you're only going to know how good you can get if you give it a go in whatever it is you're doing. That could be like playing cards. It could be playing golf. It could be swimming. It could be CrossFit. It could be bodybuilding, which is what I'm going to talk about later. That being bodybuilding. It takes a long time to understand where it is your potential lies. So if you're going to be the best in the world at something, you'll know right away. And it's the, I'll keep on referencing people like Matt Frazier because he's the best in something that I know really well with that being CrossFit. And Matt Frazier always talks about the story, how he wandered into the CrossFit gym and whooped everyone's butt. That was, of course, after he snatched like 300 pounds, which nobody could do at the time. And that's not something that a lot of people can do. The same way, whereas if you were in high school, you all knew that guy who was going to end up playing Major League Baseball. It's not like he at the age of 30 or 35, decided to say, hey, I'm going to go be the best Major League Baseball player because that's not how things work. And it'd be cool if it did work that way, but it doesn't. So when you're in your upper 20s, low 30s, and you're like, hey, I'm going to be the best CrossFit athlete in the world, it's unlikely unless you now have some reason to believe so and you're kicking butt and you're kind of already there anyway. You're not going to come out of nowhere at this point in the game. So that being said, is it worth your time to put in a lot of time? And like, does it matter that you're going to be the best in the world? If you don't want to be the best in the world, you just love doing it. That's my favorite person. I just love the people who like to do it. How long? Years and years and years and years and years to find your absolutely absolute best potential. So you look at the Michael Jordans who didn't make his high school basketball team, but he was still six foot six, And maybe he was six foot three. I think he grew in college from what I've read about him. He grew in college. I read the book, the Michael Jordan book. I don't remember what it was called, but he grew. And, but he was still tall and he still clearly had the muscle fiber type and the coordination and the accuracy to be the best basketball player ever. And then the drive to do it, the drive meaning he spent however long getting better and better and better and better. But then he played basketball or baseball for a little bit, a couple of years. Could he have been? a great baseball player. He started at the age of like 30 something. And then he only played for a couple of years and he dabbled in it. 
And you never know. Maybe if that's all he had ever done, we would be talking about how Michael Jordan was the best basketball or baseball player of all time and not basketball player. If that's what he had done in high school and that's what he wanted to do his whole life, but he was basketball all the time, all the time guy. That's just how it works. Same thing with like Tiger Woods in golf or Michael Phelps in swimming. They did it their whole lives. Maybe they would have been really good at something else. You don't know. There's just genetic freak people. So the closer you get to it, the harder it's going to get. And you can look at the Michael Phelps who's trying to shave off a fraction of a second at a time. Or, and in best sports like basketball, football, it's really hard to tell because there's extrinsic factors. When you look at sports like swimming, it's always easier because like, hey, you go down and back in a pool. Sometimes it's colder, sometimes it's warmer. Sometimes like there's meters of difference in the pool length, but you know, relatively similar to an extent. Uh, things like CrossFit, you can always tell if you're getting better. So let's say, or even just weightlifting, let's say weightlifting and let's say you're a bench press guy. It's like, Hey, I can bench press 300 pounds. And a year later you can do 310 pounds. And then a year later you can do 315 pounds. Like, well, what the hell? It's like you spent 10 years getting to 300. And in the early days, you doubled your bench in a year, and then you went up a third, and then you went up a quarter, and then you went up an eighth, and now you're going up like 5% a year, and it's super frustrating. But it's because for everybody, it just gets harder and harder and harder. If you were going to be the best bench presser in the world, you probably would have tripled your bench on that first year and doubled it on the next year, and then 100% the next year, so you were at 500 within three years. And then you're like, hey, I got a chance to be the best bench presser in the world. And then you kind of attack that. So usually, you know, right away, if you're going to be the best, and if you just enjoy bench pressing and it's part of the struggle and the grind, it's cool. Awesome. I love it. I'd like to say thanks mom and dad, because your mom and dad either put you in a position to be like literally nurture. They put you into the sport that you're going to do. And they did it at like whatever age, the younger, the better typically for baseball and wrestling in particular. It's like, Hey, how long you wrestled for since the age of four? I'm the, and now I'm in college and I'm going to whoop your butt. That's me. I'm talking about me again. I'm going to whoop your butt just because I did it for an extra 12 years. It's like, well, I've been doing it for freaking five and a half years. Let's see what happens. So, oh, that was fun. But you just know how to get in spots that I don't know how to get in without even thinking about it because you've been doing this for a long time. So when I think of people like Matt Fraser in CrossFit, you say his parents were Olympic level skiers. Go on the skier, a skiing, cross country skiing, any sort of skiing. Skiing is very aerobic, which means over and over and over and over and over again. What did Matt Fraser do his whole life? He weightlifted, lifted weights, long breaks, do one rep every five minutes, do a snatch, do a clean and jerk. He did this for most of his young life, high school, college, Olympic training center in his young 20s. So what is what, what happens then? It's like, oh, here's CrossFit. He has this, which he doesn't have from his parents. But what he does have from his parents is he has aerobic. So then they're like, hey, Matt, do some CrossFit. What happens is then it's like, super duper awesome gonna happen no matter what it's like you have all of this built up strength which your parents didn't give you and then you have a great functioning internal metabolic pathway and lungs and you're just gonna hey go run five miles day one that was hard day two wow i took a minute off one month later it's like 
oh, off my five mile time, I took off five minutes. One year later, it's like, well, I did that in about half the time I did it. Oh my God, hard work pays off. It's like, well, he did have to do the work. Yes. And was it easy for him? Probably not. But what does he have? He has a lot of his parents in him helping him out. Now, if he had in high school, just run cross country and in grade school, run cross country and then did cross country, he was just like a runner. It's like, hey, David Goggins Jr. over there. But then he goes and tries CrossFit, like go do a one rep max snatch. He goes, okay, 135. Nope. 115. Nope. It's like 95. He throws 95 pounds over his head and it looks like garbage. And it's because his parents don't have, didn't give him like the fast twitch muscle fiber type, possibly even the coordination that he gained from having done gymnastic. Well, I have seen him do like crazy gymnastic stuff. So, I mean, that's speculatory that he can't do the gymnastic stuff, but he can do the weightlifting stuff a lot because he spent a lot of time doing weightlifting stuff and his parents helped him aerobically. Lots of nurture, lots of nature in there. So what do you do? Matt Frazier, he cut the middle without cutting the middle. I like to look at myself as I've known myself real well. I know the sport real well. And what I know is that I'm very good at doing pulling things like rowing and pull-ups and muscle-ups and that type of stuff. I do 35 on broken muscle-ups. I can do a 200-pound weighted pull-up, and I can do a 2K row in 6 minutes and 20 seconds, which are all really good numbers in the sport of CrossFit. What I, I'm not very good at is my best split jerk is like 340, and my best strict press is under body weight, and my handstand push-ups are lacking. And what do I do? It's like, well, I, as a CrossFit person, I try to cut the middle and I spend a lot of time working on all this stuff. And I spend probably almost too much time working on this stuff because I also program. And then when you program and people are like, well, you wrote a workout with all these pull-ups and that's the only reason you're better than us is because you wrote all these pull-ups. It's like, well, screw you guys. I'm just not going to do any pull-ups ever. So if I never do any pull-ups ever, then I'm probably getting better at the other stuff that I do need a lot of help on. So that's good. But then they go back and do some pull-ups and you're like, ooh, these are getting dangerously close to like average level for what I would need to average level for what I need. So now you do some more pull-ups and then it suffers again, the pulling, the pushing, and it's like, ah, madness. CrossFit. <laughs> uh, cut the middle best you can, work on your weaknesses. That's how everyone says it. And that's just like a long-winded way of saying to work on your weaknesses. Now, when I think genetic potential, I like to go back to what I did before CrossFit, and that was bodybuilding. And I'll never forget there was a time when I was 17 years old or so where I walked into the gym, I was wearing my super tight white undershirt. I weighed all of 140 pounds. This is at the time where I was heavy and young, and I lost a bunch of weight, and I was super into fitness, and I wanted to do bodybuilding. I had the Arnold Schwarzenegger Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, and I knew everything there was to know at that point about how to get big, build muscle. And a guy there told the head trainer, hey, that's Andrew. He wants to be a competitive bodybuilder. He looked at me and goes, <laughs> and I was like really distraught by it. And I was like, what the hell? Who does this guy think he is? He can't just do that, say that. It's like, that's so rude. I'm going to be huge. I'm going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he knew then, and I know now, that I was never going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, why? Well, because I'm not 6'1". And by the time I started lifting, my biceps weren't 20 inches big because they just are. And 
by the time I picked up one dumbbell, I did one set of bicep curls, they didn't grow an inch. And then they didn't grow another inch when I tried it again. And then my chest is big, but it's not Schwarzenegger big. And I don't care how much I bench, it's never going to be Schwarzenegger big. And then if we're even talking about like steroids and whatnot, I'm never going to take enough drugs to make my biceps or freaking chest Schwarzenegger big. And even if I did, he would still be bigger even if he didn't do steroids, which he did because every freaking bodybuilder in the world that looks like Ronnie Coleman is on some stuff. So, and then if you think about, I like Madden. Madden has player rankings. It's like, who's the best quarterback in the league? It's like Patrick Mahomes is a 99. So when I think of myself in CrossFit, I think of myself like a 90. It's like, he's good. You'd like him on your team, but he's never going to like, be the first drafted guy in the world because that goes to Matt Frazier and people of that caliber and the Rich Froning. I want Rich Froning on my team. Please, yeah, come on my team. So if we're talking about it in terms of genetic potential and hard work and effort and everything going in your way, it's like, let's say my genetic potential was a 92. And let's say I'm leaving a little bit of room in there because maybe I'm not doing everything exactly how I should do it. Maybe I'm not sleeping perfect. Maybe my diet's not perfect, but it's pretty darn close because I take a lot of time and put a lot of mental energy and effort into it. It's pretty darn close. And let's say there's somebody with a genetic potential of 85 and I'm a 92. And let's say that person's 100% dialed in. Like there's not one thing missing in their entire life that they will not be able to go 85. It's not going to happen. I don't care how hard you work. I don't care about hard work pays off. I don't care about the training methodology you do. I just think that it's madness that marketing and media sells the fact that it's like, oh, I'm going to be this athlete and I'm going to do this stuff. And if I just bang my head into the wall and hard work pays off, then bleh, 85. And then here's Andrew. So I'm hanging out. I'm a 90. Could I be a 92? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know, but I like being where I'm at. I'm comfortable. I'm good. I'm happy at my 90. And then if I really want to, maybe I'm a 92. Maybe you like achieve something because of that little boost. And I just feel bad for the individuals who sit in like the 80s and possibly the 70s who think that by doing all this stuff, buying all this stuff, doing this special training and putting things away in their lives that they're going to be able to become the next Matt Frazier because of it. It's disheartening. It's sad. And I hate that there's an entire industry that's dedicated to doing this to people. So I tell people, it's like, I would like for you to get as good as you can, so long as you're doing it like for the right reasons and you're loving it the entire time, because you'll never really regret doing something that you'd love to doing the whole time. You'll only look back and say, well, I'm really sad that I missed so-and-so's party, bachelor party, which only happens once or a wedding, which I've done, but I'm not upset about it. I just remember it. It's a choice I made. I missed a bachelor party. I heard the stories and it's like, well, you know, I had regionals in two weeks and I couldn't do that. And it's a choice I made and I'm happy I did it because it was a good experience on my end. But there are people who I've heard the other flip side of it where it's like, I put this off for this reason and oh my God, I can't believe that I can't go drinking this weekend because I have to work out on Monday because I have to go to the CrossFit games on Saturday. So it's like risk reward. What do you want? Do you want as much as you do? And if you do, you'll never be unhappy with why you're doing it. That's really what it comes down to. 
just understand that there is a limit on what is possible for everybody. And if you weren't born to be the next Michael Jordan, you might not be the next Michael Jordan. But maybe you could be the next Brian Scalabrini. And that's all I got to say about that. Andrew Hiller finally made his video. Bye.